WA's elite athletes on the podium. Joining us now is someone who knows a thing or two about winning gold. He and his Aussie teammates, Ian Thorpe, Michael Klim and Bill Kirby, captured Australia's collective hearts when they set a new world record and beat the USA to take gold in the 4x200 freestyle relay in Sydney 2000, the greatest of all Olympic Games, I think we can all agree. WA legend Todd Pearson, thanks for coming in. Yeah, no, thanks for having me. And mate, so what is going through your head when this Olympics is happening? Look, I think what we've seen thus far is, as you said, six six gold um, only a few days into the Olympics. You know, we, we've actually seen such great swimming happening, the rowing yesterday, that golden moment, and and it's captured everyone's hearts. There's the, everyone in Australia right now is just loving sport and especially these athletes that are getting up and they're coming sort of from nowhere, they're no names, and they sort of represent a lot of what we are in Australia, you know, that anything's possible and I think that's what we're all loving. When it comes to our swimmers always high expectations with Olympic Games sometimes we haven't or certainly the athletes haven't lived up to maybe the public's expectations if not their own this year it seems off the back of the the, the female relay winning on the opening day in the pool there's been momentum gained and, and the performances have been terrific and all the other problems that have gone with these COVID games they've been able to overcome them and swim terrific times and, and get the medals they deserve. Yeah, and one of the things that was probably a lot of people were talking about at the start was, you know, with COVID, was was the Tokyo going to be a real Olympics? Well, I think we've seen very, thus far anyway, that all the times that are coming through are the world records, Olympic records, and that is coming back to the rowing too. It's, it's important to note that, you know, Australia has just got up, it's got right there, it's always in the medal hunt, and, you know, for all of us watching at home it's it's been fantastic well you make such a good point there because we looked at the afl last year and thought you know there was an asterisk next to that season after covid that's not what we're seeing at all in tokyo like this is an exhibition of pure sport and and the other thing is um people have sort of asked over the time what about the crowds no crowds well it seems to not worry too many athletes out there because they know this is their opportunity they're up there and they're using this opportunity to chase gold and you'll always be known as an olympian there'll be no asterisks certainly absolutely and i think tiger support is a bit upset that you said that uh, <laughs> by the way benny and, and i've got to be honest with you I, I don't think it has an asterisk last year's afl grand final given what they went through similarly the athletes here, it's not just like an NBA, an NRL, an AFL season where, well, we lose this season, we get it back. This could be the end of your Olympic career if you don't get this one away. Obviously, a four-year wait turns into five. So uh, despite the COVID cases in Tokyo and the problems associated with it, I don't think athletes have been more desperate to, to represent their country at this level. Well, I think you're right, Mark. It, it's certainly one thing that I've noticed. And, and the way that our athletes, in particular our Australians, when we're interviewing them after, you know, they're so appreciative for being there. And they're always talking back about their feelings and empathy back to Australians in lockdown around Australia. I mean, these are the sort of things which bring heart, bring this is what Australia is about. This is our tradition. And finally, it feels like, yep, we're right on. Well, you mentioned before, you know, the, the no-name athletes that have emerged as heroes at these games. I think that's such an interesting point because, you know, back in your day, we're talking about Thorpey, Klim, yourself. Like, you're talking about people who are household names going into the Olympics. Do you reckon that takes some of the weight of expectation and pressure off our athletes over there? Yeah, it certainly does. But, but in the end, it's an Olympic Games. They go in there and they'll probably put pressure on themselves. If I sort of take just Ariane's first event that 400 free against the great Kate Ledecky and then for her to be able to hold 
her race plan exactly where she needed to be, even though she was a body length behind, and to just stay and know what she was coming home with and then land the, land the big blow, as I call it, to beat Kate. That was fantastic and it's something Australia is so proud of. Well, you were a relay swimmer, a gold medalist in that department, and there's a controversial decision that's been made in Tokyo at the moment. Now, uh, the 4 by 2 women uh, expected to win gold and do it quite significantly uh, with a world record perhaps next to their name today. But what's happened is, and we know Ariane is going to uh, kick off anchor or kick off the, uh, the relay for our swimmers and Leah Neal will anchor uh, the relay. But we do have some hard luck stories. Uh, some of the women, in fact, all the women who took part in the semis are missing out in the final. Notably, I guess, uh, Molly O'Callaghan, who broke a junior world record in the heats. She misses out. How tough is it? for the selectors, so to speak, to to drag four swimmers out like that and replace them, albeit with some superstars, that must be a heartbreaking or certainly a, a difficult decision. Yeah, look, I, and certainly I was able to experience it in the 4x1 in Sydney sort of thing. So I, I look when I look back on it, I sort of think that I was given the opportunity to be part of that squad. That group of swimmers together, we were certainly felt like we're all contributing to to Australia's success but look you know you've got to be realistic in the end you're either standing on the podium getting presented with medals or you're not and you get your medals after and there is a difference you know so we, I wouldn't deny that and that's why the 4 by 2 was so fantastic to be able to be up on the podium but ultimately you still need four swimmers to get the job done in the morning to get you through at night in this case it's a bit of a switch and so then what is it like for you when you're watching uh, the Aussie man who took out third in the same event that you competed in yesterday uh, 200 metre free you're watching along are you like the rest of us going oh you know we got to, he's got to pick up the pace here or then maybe that second leg wasn't quite where we needed it to be what are you thinking I think the four by two I think they outperformed I mean they just missed a set silver America didn't even medal I, I actually took that as a really really big swim by all of them especially the last leg was fantastic um, but really to win these gold medals I think what's been shown over the years is you need depth and what the 4 by 2 women have is great depth and, and that team that swam in the heats and there will be obviously another team in the finals that there shows you great depth and that's how you win gold medals. I love their preparation uh, pre-swim in the final uh, others were sitting forward looking ahead at what's confronting them at the pool they sat in a little huddle and it was about them a couple of jokes, light hearted moments uh, could you re sort of relate to how the Australians or even how anyone goes about just trying to get themselves in the right zone? Well look it, just before that 4 by 200 final I mean I know the four of us sat together and that sort of thing and there was a lot of pressure and obviously you're at your home Olympics and that but when you've got another three people to share that pressure between, to talk yourselves, to keep motivating yourselves, no, you're not there just by yourself, it, it is a fantastic feeling. And it was something that I remember a couple of us sort of thinking different things and that, and we all just straightened each other up to say, no, no, this is our chance, this is our opportunity, let's go chase it. And now, this is a bit offbeat. Well, the pool is such a highlight of the first week of the Games, but people are talking about whether there's something wrong with the pool in Japan. Have you noticed all the dead heats? Look, I, I have seen it. It's certainly uh, been put out there, and uh, certainly on social media, many commentary. I mean, <laughs> God, I, I, from my point of view, I mean, look, it is what it is, and uh, we've got to accept the results. And, uh, yeah, no, I, I don't think there's been anything that's actually changed any of the yeah, sort of medal yep. results, and that's the main thing that uh, you wouldn't want to see. When it comes to the females, and we know that Ariane Titmus, well, she could be on the path to winning uh, three gold medals 
uh, at Olympics, uh, just the eighth Australian to do so, which would be an extraordinary achievement. We know that uh, Kayleigh McEwen also thereabouts, uh, they just handle themselves with such class and grace. Um, and I think they've just they've won over Australians, forget the results, the behaviour, and the, that's the way they handle win, lose, or draw. That's something that we see with swimmers so often. Why? Why, why are you so classy when other athletes sometimes lack that? Look, I think if we've got to remember, so many of these swimmers are just normal people going about normal things who do something extraordinary. And so that's what actually comes through when we see the interviews. They, they look and feel like anyone that actually says, I could be that. And there's a lot of people that are young school kids watching right now that could be getting themselves ready for 2032 and actually seeing that they represent probably what I would have been many years ago. And that's something to look forward to. I'll tell you what, we've all done since we heard Brisbane was announced as the Olympic hosting city for 2032. I bet you did as well. I thought, geez, how am I going to be? How old will I be in 2032? <laughs> oh, Scott, I was very clear. <laughs> but I'd be lucky if I was a manager and being able to do that. Well, to, looking at Brisbane, and there'd be a lot of kids out there and maybe parents of little tackers who are thinking, we're doing so well in the pool. I'm going to get into swimming. I'm going to get my kids into swimming. You started uh, as on your doctor's recommendation as an asthmatic. Would you recommend it uh, as a sport to really throw yourself into? For me personally, I could never do it. I had the buoyancy of a hall pack. Well, that, that, Ben, that was the difference. Uh, certainly uh, on land, I wasn't that great, so I had to find <laughs> something. Um, but look, in the end, I mean, you know, it was a medical condition, but in, you, you still got to enjoy it. And I think the one thing that I enjoyed about swimming was not only coaches helping you through, it was the actual squad you were with. They became great mates. You actually wanted to do it. You, the process was as important as actually the results. And to me, it's your teammates. And there's many sports that feel individual, and swimming is one of them, but when you're actually training together in a squad, that is where you enjoy the actual motivation of swimming. So, begs the question, I've always thought that swimming in a relay team, Olympic gold as you have done, would hold special significance, even more so than maybe winning individual gold. How would you, if you had the, in a fantasy world, go back in time, what would you have taken? Relay gold, individual gold? I've never really actually thought of that question. Um, I guess, you know, let, let's recognise the individuals because I think they what Ari did to start the meet after the 4 by one women, she carried that. She carried us as a nation and said, "Take, I'm going to take you and we're going to go on a ride and we're going to be successful for Australia. We're going to beat the best. And then you can actually see the flow-on effects that have happened. So probably answering the question would be to say it's probably – a tougher gig to become the individual swimmer, uh, an individual Olympic uh, Games record holder, than it is necessarily the team. You talk about momentum, like we talk about it all the time. You know that that uh, that Titmus's win over Ledecky just gave a boost to the team, gave the momentum. But we're obviously speaking as outsiders. Do you actually think that that does play a role in galvanising the team together, convincing them, giving them a bit of confidence that hey, we can take on the best and we can overcome? Absolutely, because I can remember before the finals, now ours were at night, is three o'clock, you'd all meet as a team and you'd announce who was in the finals, but you'd also announce the results from the previous day. And let me tell you, when you were announcing Olympic gold medalists, new to the frame, to come up and, you know, and as a team, you just couldn't be more excited. Now, that's then onto the bus and off to the, um, the pool. 
let me tell you, it's a lot better doing that than it is the other way. <laughs> and tell us about your experience in the Athletes' Village. That's you know such a part of the Olympics that I think is, has got a sort of a mystique amongst us non-athletes. What was it like in Sydney? Oh, look, both. even if I reflect on Sydney and Athens and that sort of thing, I just loved how it didn't matter who you were, you just rocked up to the food hall, etc., and you found your spot. You'd sit maybe with a few of your teammates, sit with other country people, and you, and you just enjoyed being part of the saying you could be at the village, okay? And so from our point of view, it was just one of those moments to actually enjoy and look around and know there was a hell of a lot of people here that have been very successful to be able to be here. And is it true that there's a like a McDonald's stall with uh, unlimited free cheeseburgers? Absolutely. And let me tell you, we have raided it, but post the swimming. <laughs> I want to ask you about our other athletes, uh, village uh, shenanigans, uh, but I will ask you this, Todd. Some of the swimmers, in fact, we know the softball team coming back to Australia as we speak because 48 hours after the event finishes, they have to come back and obviously quarantine. So it's going to be quite a, well, not saying a letdown, but it's going to be an extraordinary high of potential gold, silver, bronze or PBs to, to heading back to Australia in 14 days in queue. Oh, look, I, I do feel for the athletes because they're getting the whole experience of the Olympics. But let me tell you, you know, swimming was done first week. Second week, we were able to go out and enjoy ourselves and be part of mm. the whole Olympic atmosphere. And that's something that they won't be able to obviously uh, have. And But in the end, 14 days after that, they come out and they're still an Olympic gold medal, so I'm sure they're going to celebrate. And Probably. so if you, if you think to the, the end of the, the pool competition, who's going to be the nation on top? We've done pretty well so far. The medals seem to have been spread around a little bit. Um, look, I still think the US, I think their depth's still there. But Australia's performed unbelievably well and all credit to the coaches and all these support people the families that we see on tv and all that that's where you can see the spirit but ultimately yeah i think the u.s they've just got that depth well can we get you to hang around we've got a lot of olympics to talk about we'd love to get your insights